If you like this podcast, you're going to really like McClanahan Academy. Head over to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll. It's free of charge. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. When you do enroll, I've got nearly 20 classes there available for purchase. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll today and get a real history education. The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 568. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back in the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter. Like my Facebook page and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. Find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. While there, give me that email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. Support the show by going to McClanahan Academy. Always free to enroll. Get the free class, 10 Myths of American History. When you do enroll, get any one of those classes, one or 20 of them or 10 of them, whatever you want to purchase. That keeps this podcast free of charge and you get great content. It's win-win. So you keep get free podcasts and you get lectures on great topics, by the way. So you want to do that. Also, you can support the show by clicking on that support tab at brianmcclanahan.com. You can throw a few pennies my way. Help keep the lights on. Help keep the podcast going. Get a book plate if you want my autograph of one of my books. Purchase one of my books wherever books are sold. The latest two, The Jeffersonian Tradition and Southern Scribblings. Both great books. You can also click on the shop tab at brianmcclanahan.com. Get my logo and all kinds of cool stuff. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Let people know you love it. Share it around on social media. Get people interested in thinking locally and acting locally. That's what you got to do if we're going to grow this audience. I love organic growth. It's the best way to grow. And we need more people thinking locally and acting locally. And we've had a whole week of this this week. We've, we've talked about uh, the, the, what the war was really about. The very bland, vanilla description of that. On Monday, Monday we had a discussion from NPR about... This uh, pending civil war. Then we had a discussion of Lee yesterday, and we're wrapping up the week this week with another discussion of this from a different position. But I wanted to finish the week with this piece because I think, again, all of these people really miss the heart of the issue. When I started this podcast in you know, six years ago now, I was interested in the idea of, I didn't, I didn't have a slogan then, but it was always about federalism. I mean, the very first episode was Donald Trump and federalism. That's what I did. What was Donald Trump going to be like? Now, Trump uh, hadn't won the election yet, right? This was before the 2016 election. So I was podcasting before that. And I talked about Ted Cruz. I think episode two was about Ted Cruz. But the idea was to talk about federalism. What did all these people really mean for a federal republic? Was Trump going to be good for federalism? Was Ted Cruz going to be good for federalism? We all know Hillary Clinton wouldn't have been. We all know Joe Biden isn't either. Now Joe Biden's begrudgingly come around to it because he says, well, I can't do anything about coronavirus anymore. It's, I mean, the state's got to handle that. Well, that's the way it's always been. This is what Trump was saying from the beginning, right? I mean, this is the exact position that the Trump administration had on the coronavirus situation from the beginning in 2020, when all this started breaking loose. Okay, so we've had almost two lost years in America. Two lost years. And the, the solution to it from the beginning was something that everyone's seeing now should have been there from day one, and that was federalism. Let the states do what they want with this. 
We can, we can try to get a vaccine. We can try to do all these things. We can try to promote public health and all that kind of thing. But the state needs to handle these things. And not just that. We can talk about whether these solutions work. But all these things should have been debated, and they were debated in the states. We should have never had a federal national policy on any of this stuff. And we've seen that the states that did less of the lockdowns and the shutdowns have actually done better than the states that did more of that. But that's federalism. From the beginning, this was a solution to everything in America. The piece I want to talk about today, and this is by a man named John Harris. It was published at Politico. We are in a new civil war about what exactly? Well, John Harris writes a column for Politico. And um, he knows, or if we're in a new civil war, what does that actually mean? I don't think we are. I think we're in an ideological struggle that the left is perpetuating and forcing on America. Most people just want to be left alone. But if we're in a war, a cold war, as the piece on Tuesday pointed out, what does that actually mean? So Harris says, for most of my reporting career, to refer to some dispute or another over a judicial nomination, perhaps, or an uproar over a proposed shopping mall near a battlefield as a new civil war was to reach for a metaphor. On the anniversary of the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol, we mark the evolution of journalistic cliché. Serious people now invoke civil war not as a metaphor, but as a literal precedent. Now, this is where these people are absolutely delusional. I saw somewhere on social media that a person put up, I was walking out of Congress today. This was months after. And look at the riot shield stacked up at the door. Yeah, that's all theater. They didn't need those things. It's all theater. It's all for the left to make people feel scared. Keeping the fence up for a long period of time. Keeping the National Guard sleeping in, in uh, parking garages. That's all for It's all theater. The whole thing is theater. And everybody with a brain recognizes it. The only people that buy into the stupidity are on the left because they're already so stupid they can't get out of their own way anyways. Those are the only people that buy into this stuff. An insurrection? An insurrection. A guy walking out with the speaker's podium waving to the camera. Hey, you got grandma sitting there on their cell phones. That's an insurrection? You got some dope wearing a stupid horned hat. That's an insurrection? Come on. Worried you got Antifa in cities firebombing them. Firebombing federal buildings. Now that is a little more of an insurrection. This is exactly what's happening. It's just stupid. But you see, the left is trying to promote a narrative that somehow the right is engaged in an insurrection. This is a civil war over what exactly? The Trump years, which is now, it is now evident, did not end with his presidency, have awakened a conflict so profound that as in the 1860s, democracy, constitutional order, and union itself are in peril. Democracy is in peril. What democracy was in peril in 1860? Unless you want to say, yeah. Because when the North invaded the South, that destroyed democracy. Sure. What people don't realize, and I've asked this every year in my classes, what percentage of the population voted for Abraham Lincoln in 1860? If democracy was in peril, it was by Lincoln. He only got 39.6 of the popular vote. That was democracy in peril. He was a vast minority president, and a minority party was running the country. And so the other side said, you know what? We're not going to be governed by a minority, and we're out. There you go. 
democracy was in peril because of the Republicans and the Union and Abraham Lincoln. Constitutional order? Yeah, constitutional order. What was that going to mean with a group that wasn't going to follow the Constitution? So constitutional order was at stake. A big deal indeed, but also a puzzle. If this is a 21st century version of the 19th century disunion, shouldn't it be more obvious what the war at bottom is all about? Well, I'll tell you what it's all about here, Harris. This is not, by the way, John Harris who does really great films. This is a different John Harris. What is it all about? It's about power. It's about the left, dope like you, wanting to control the other side. And if you don't get your way, then it's, oh, we got an insurrection. We've got this. We've got that. We've got Russian interference. We've got all these things that they run around talking about. Okay, that's what it's all about because it's about power for you. You want to break that? You want to, you want to put the puzzle together? Back off. Stop being a Yankee. It's very simple. The January 6th anniversary is a reminder that the chaos of the Trump years is, is in one important respect, and perhaps only in one, is a historical anomaly. The country many times over has witnessed dissent and, and dis disruption far more violent than anything seen in recent years. But earlier episodes feature profound ideological and moral questions, easily visible to the naked eye in the present and to historians afterward that lay at the heart of the matter. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Because the real issue in 1860 was not about slavery, which he says it was in the next paragraph. It was about power. The real Civil War was about slavery. At the start, to restrict its territorial expansion, by the war's end, to eliminate it entirely. No, no, no. The real war, Civil War was about power. One side wanted to control the other. That's what it was about. That's what that wasn't about slavery. It was about what slavery meant, which was power. Capitalists opposed the New Deal, knew, ex knew why they loathed FDR. He was fundamentally shifting the balance of power between public and private sectors. And FDR knew too. Quote, they're unanimous in their hate for me, but I welcome their hatred. Except that's not really what he did. He was just creating a different type of capitalist class. He was creating a state capitalist class. Which really had already been there. But he was strengthening that. This was an anti-capitalism. The unrest of the 1960s was about ending segregation and stopping the Vietnam War. Are you sure? You sure it wasn't really about power? Are you sure? You see, at the heart of all this, all three of those things have one word in common. It begins with a P. It's power. Only in recent years have we seen fundamental shaking, foundation-shaking political conflict, both sides believing the other would turn the United States into something unrecognizable, with no obvious and easily sum summarized root cause. What is the fundamental question that hangs in the balance between the people who hate Trump and what he stands for and the people who love Trump and hate those who hate him? This is less an ideological conflict than a psychological one. No, no. It's about power. It's about people on the Trump side saying we don't want to be governed by California. And it's about people in California saying we don't want to be governed by the rest of the United States or New York or Massachusetts. It's about 551 counties saying we don't want the rest of America to govern us because we have 60% of the population in these cities. And it's about the people in the rest of the area saying, you know what? We don't be governed by a city. We don't live in a city. We don't have city concerns. You do your thing in your city and just leave us alone out here. That's what it's really about. On the surface, of course, everyone knows what the capital mayhem and its acrid aftermath are about. Yeah, political theater. 
One side unreasonably believes that President Joe Biden 2020 presidential victory was stolen. The other side reasonably fears that former President Donald Trump's followers are so slavishly under his spell that they are willing to hijack the legal apparatus, guaranteeing free and honest elections in order to facilitate his return to power in 2024. But that's not what... I mean, look at that paragraph. One side unreasonably believes... It's unreasonable to believe that there was any anomalies, anything weird about Joe Biden. It's unreasonable. But it's also reasonable to believe that what they're trying to... These are slaves of Donald Trump, and they're trying to rig the election so that Donald Trump comes back into power. By what? Having voter ID? It's trying to rig the election? So you're saying that you really want to cheat? <laughs> Why is it that we have... You know, test security, for example. We want to have people in person taking a test. We can see they're not cheating, and we know who they are. Why do we do that? But yet, it doesn't matter if you want to vote. And we've got trillions of dollars at stake here? How stupid is I mean, how stupid do these people think we are? But the violent conflict spurred by the 2020 election flowed from years of conflict over every aspect of Trump's rise to the presidency and his performance in it. And the nearly seven years since his presidential ambitions took flight in 2015, there has been a daily deluge of outrages and provocations and a corresponding flood of explanations of what's really going on here. Why his partisans are so aggrieved, why they are so drawn to the most garish personality ever to occupy the presidency. Really? You think so? I could pick some other presidents that are pretty rotten, but um, this is all about Trump. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the deplorables that are causing all these problems. Not the left. The left isn't doing anything. They're just pure innocent saints. Just trying to help people, trying to make sure that people can get food and clothing. And that's what it's all about, trying to ensure that everyone gets to vote. That's all it is. It's not about anything else. Don't you know it's just you right-wingers are so mean. Just so mean to people. Efforts to explain Trump often rely on complex sociological or economic theories. He was a backlash of globalization and selfish elites. He exploited resentment of trade and the decline in real wages. He was a representative of people who disliked the cultural ascension of women and African Americans and the, and of, uh, and the, dimin uh, the uh, diminishment of working class white males and so on. All semi-plausible. All inadequate in the face of Trump zigs on one day and zags the next. And the obvious truth that most of his partisans are attracted to him less for any programmatic reason than for the sheer bombast of his performance, and especially that he offends his opposition. Well, I mean, that last part is, is partially true. Look, I was never a Trump supporter, but every time he tweeted something that was hilarious, it was great. It was fantastic because the left would absolutely go ballistic because they're a bunch of snowflake wusses. They're a bunch of wimps, and it was funny. It's funny to stoke the left and have them scream at the sky and all the stupid stuff they do. It's absolutely hilarious. That was part of the allure, right? Calling fake news, fake news. He called them out. It was perfect because it's true. All that part was true. He gave it back to them and they couldn't stand it. This dope, John Harris, can't stand it. The more the vitriol has risen, the less consensus there is about the origins of anger. To the contrary, there is something closer to establishment consensus that the search for root causes is folly. The Trump phenomenon defies explanation, and the threat posed by his demagoguery makes speculation about its origins an irrelevant distraction. No, 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 it's, not, it's easy to figure out. Americans are angry because of centralization and power. They're angry because they're seeing 
People come into power that they don't like, and they're trying to bully everyone around to be exactly what they want to be, and they don't want to do it. For whatever reason, they don't want to be controlled by somebody else. It's the American character to be left alone and not to be bullied by someone else. That's the root of all this. This is the same thing with the left. They didn't like Trump because they thought he was bullying them and saying you couldn't do these things. Oh, and they're going ballistic over uh, you know, Youngkin in Virginia when he hasn't really done anything. Violence at the Capitol is hardly unprecedented. At least the Puerto, Rico, Puerto Rican terrorists who shot five representatives from the House Gallery in 1954 had a clear agenda. Viva Puerto Rico Libre, shouted one of them. What about the guy that uh, went out to the ball field and shot a whole bunch of Republicans? That's never brought up. Because that was all ideological from a lefty. Long live Puerto Rico. You know, these are Puerto Rican terrorists. I'm surprised this guy was able to pull this off because that would be considered, you know, racist to say. Senator Charles Sumner of Massachusetts in 1856 was a superior of Donald Trump when it comes to vivid insult. Of South Carolina Senator Andrew Butler, he said, he touches nothing which he does not disfigure with error, sometimes of principle, sometimes of fact. He cannot open his mouth but out there flies a blunder. Now, that wasn't what got uh, Preston Brooks fired up. It was that. But what Sumner did in that was lisp. You see, what people don't realize is that Butler had a lisp from, uh, from, uh, uh, from a, a medical condition. So as Sumner's saying this, he starts to lisp through it. He's making fun of Butler, and people are laughing. Well... You're making fun of somebody's handicap. And so Brooks says, enough. So he goes in and beats him with a cane. Now, this is what Harris says. Butler's nephew, Representative Preston Brooks, was clear on why he caned Sumner on the Senate floor. And Sumner was too. It was because he accused Butler of being in love with a mistress. I mean, the harlot slavery. They were arguing over the transcendent issue of their time. No, no, no. Brooks beat him senseless because he was making fun of his uncle. That was why. These other attacks, Northerners have said this stuff before, they had called Southerners vomit. Nobody attacked them for it. But this one, because it was a personal attack on someone's handicap. So Brooks beat him up for it. The transcendent issue of, his, of this time, no matter how the specific raw material of any given news cycle, is the belief that one half of the country suspects the other half is contemptuous of them and responds with contempt in turn. Seinfeld was not really, was not really as was often said, a show about nothing. It demonstrated instead that with the right characters and frame of mind, you can make a show about anything that might happen in daily life. Donald Trump has shown that you can use the same approach to create a national crack-up. The violent rabble that crashed the Capitol a year ago showed that crack-ups are fertile ground for crack-pots. Again, look at what he's saying here. This is the violent rabble. The violent rabble. You mean the FBI agents that were in the, in the group? Some of them? And, uh, I mean, the grandmas and other people. I mean, come on now. Are you starting 2022 in an optimistic mood? You might take solace in the argument that it's hard to have a real civil war without a real cause. A great question that will be resolved by the outcome. Trump's moment in national life will die out because he always has lots to say, but no longer has anything meaningful to say. Or perhaps recent years have steered you toward escalating pessimism. Perhaps the squalor of modern politics flows from ancient truths of human nature. People are easily manipulated with appeals to prejudice and paranoia. Oh, you think like John Harris? Appeals to paranoia? 
this is, I mean, it's funny how these people project what they really are. I talked about that last week. Are we having a, a war over slavery? And you got this guy. Well, nobody, the, our side, their side doesn't like to see primary sources. You mean like you don't like to see primary sources. You mean like that's you. This is what you don't like to see. They project what they are, right? And so in this case, easily manipulated by paranoia. The whole January 6th thing and what it means is paranoia. From the left, riot shields, fences, National Guard, come on. It's paranoia. The whole thing is paranoia. The whole leftist agenda is paranoia. But capitalizing on paranoia for power, that's a whole other thing. Never more so than when technology has led to massive growth in the industry of commercialized contempt. You mean the social media that the left controls and silences critics? Of course. A country that can have a civil war with no one really knowing what the conflict is about is one in which the muscles of governance are pitifully atrophied. Well, I don't know. The central authority is not supposed to have a whole lot of muscle to begin with over the population. But that's all. I mean, you have to understand this is the real federal republic. So this piece is indicative of the stupidity of the left. Again, their projections. Well, uh, the people on the right are, I mean, uh, they're being manipulated by a master manipulator, a demagogue. You mean like the people on the left are being manipulated by master manipulators, demagogues. About power. You see the whole, oh, there's voting rights. we got to have voting. We're going to have segregation. Put you back in chains, as Joe Biden said. No, because you want to have a, you want to get people uh, to have an ID to vote. I mean, come on. Any common sense, any sane person would look at this and say, yeah, okay, that's not the same thing as prohibiting people from voting. If you have an ID, you can go vote. Ooh, who's saying you can't vote? And are you saying that people of color, which is are, are too idiotic to go get a, an ID? Are you saying that? And you're, this is what you're saying. Well, I don't believe so. I believe they could get an ID because it could be just about anything for an ID. Just about anything. They'll take almost anything. There was a little video that a guy did that explained all of this. Okay, so you're saying that all you have to do is write your social security number, the last four, I think, on the envelope if you want to if you want to mail in vote. And you can still vote that way without an ID. There's a whole lot of, of wiggle room in all of this. It, this is ridiculous. But see, this is what the governor of Georgia, Stacey Abrams, has said is the real problem. It's all based on paranoia and stupidity. It's based on their quest for power. And they know if there's real elections and there's no wiggle room anymore, there's no, there's no ability to buy, ballot harvest and do all the things they were doing, they're not going to win. They saw it in 2020. The people that showed up for Trump showed up to vote. The only reason Biden won is because of all the mail-in voting. If they can't get that, they lose every single time. They don't win. They don't control the United States government, and therefore they don't get their little socialist utopia. Now, there is a, there is a side to this that they could just see. It's called federalism. They could have their little socialist utopia in California. They could have the little socialist utopia in New York or Massachusetts. They could have it all there, all they want. But they can't get it from the center 
And so they, they can't be the Yankees that they are and control everybody else. They can't abuse people, which is what they can't bully people, which is what they really want to do. All right. So I found this article stupid, but also interesting because the person doesn't really understand what it's really all about. It's about power. And as long as you, once you get that, then all the decentralization becomes clear. This is what we really need in American society. And the left doesn't want to do it because they, in their mind, lose in that, in their little city-upon-a-hill utopian ideology. All right. See you next week on The Brian McClanahan Show. See you then.